Good morning, everybody. How is everyone? This is like the day after Halloween and daylight savings. So it's either a party or you're still tired and you're wondering why that is. Um, my name is Alex Barrett and I'm the campus pastor here of our uh, church in Alhambra. And if this is your first time, um, I, I have an injury here. And so every week I have to realize that there's some people that are wondering um, why it takes me about five minutes to get on stage. And so I'm just going to explain it to you. In May of this year, I was playing soccer and I ruptured my Achilles a tendon and was in the process of healing. I was five months post-injury and then about a month and a half ago, I re-ruptured it. And so I was in a cast and non-weight bearing for a long time and then was in a shoe for a little bit and then now I'm back in a cast, non-weight bearing. I have a scooter 2.0 right there and that helps me uh, get around from point A to point B. Um, but on November 10th, Lord willing, I'm going to be able to go back to the doctor. He's going to check and then I should be able to get in a walking boot, which uh, will help me transition back to uh, obviously walking. And then I'll be in that for about a month. And then about the second week in December, I should be back in a shoe. And so I've been calculating kind of the months I've been in my left shoe and not in my right shoe. And it's going to be about five months. So my left shoes are going to be five months more worn down than my right shoe. And so I'm just going to start going to stores and ask for the floor display of the right shoes. And I figure they'll be about evenly worn. And so uh, that's just the, the update. Wanted to, to let you guys know. And again, appreciate uh, all, all the prayers. And uh, we are in the kind of the beginning of a new series that we started last week, uh, looking at Paul of the New Testament. And this is a little bit different series. A lot of times we don't necessarily focus on one person for the course of a series. We may do that for an individual message. Uh, but Paul had so much influence in his day, and he has so much influence on the church today and on Christianity that he really is someone that we can learn a lot from. And so last week, uh, we talked about how Paul encountered God, and God got his attention and asked him, really, why was he living life the way he was living? And in that moment, he realized that he was just doing what made sense to him. And in that instant, when God got his attention, he realized that he actually was living his life in a way that necessarily didn't make sense to God. And if it doesn't make sense to God, he began to think, well, maybe it shouldn't make sense to me. And so we talked last week about the importance of allowing God to get our attention and how that can be something that while we're going our own way, sometimes God can get a hold of us. And today we're going to talk about not only how uh, God got Paul's attention, but how did that actually lead to his tremendous influence? And that's really what we're looking at, how he was, had so much influence, and then how does that uh, impact us uh, today, here and now, uh, thousands of years later? And so our goal at Church in the Valley is always to look at the scriptures, understand what they mean in the time that they were written, and then really think through well, what, what does that mean for us? And we encourage everyone here to take the time to, to read the scriptures. That really is something that as you hear things here and you begin to read it on your own, God really uses that to instruct. He uses that to coach and to, to guide us. And that's really one of the things that we want to do on a Sunday morning is to encourage all of you. I want to take a statement that Paul made and share that with you because that's really going to be the basis for what we're going to talk about and focus on related to Paul's life today. 
And there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians 9.16 that you'll see up there. And this is a statement that Paul made. And this is one of his letters to a church that he started. And he says, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. He's giving like a, a life statement. He's giving kind of, this is important to me. Not only is it important to me, but woe to me. It's this idea that I can't have a clear conscience unless I preach the gospel, unless I tell people of the good news. When you see the word gospel there, it, in the original language, it's the sense of the good news. So woe to me if I do not tell the people the good news. And the good news he was referring to was what we talked about last week, the fact that he was saved by Jesus Christ and the things that he had done that he wasn't proud of and the things that he wanted to move beyond in his life, he could receive forgiveness. And that was the good news, the fact that he wasn't left by himself in his sin, having missed the mark. There was actually hope for him. And so in this statement, he's given you, this is what my life is all about. Woe to me. And Paul, what we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks is how he really was a man of action. So when Paul made statements like this, he was describing what he was actually about, not an idea of himself or an idea that he thought he should have, but this was the life that he lived. And so he's basically saying, I, I am going to live my life to, to preach and to share with people the good news of Jesus Christ. And so I want to kind of go back to the root of how this is so and how does what he is compelled for and he is compelled by, how does that impact us today? So I want to just kind of take us back to how we're made. Okay. I think in our nature, God made us to be connectors and networkers. Just at a general sense, we want to connect with people. That's why God made man and woman in the beginning and he encouraged them to multiply the earth because he wanted people to be able to connect with people. That's part of his plan. So we're made to be connectors and we're made to be networkers. We like to tell each other about different things and we like to share ideas. This is actually what makes a society a, a good society. There's the sharing ideas. There's the connecting with each other. And things grow and, and we grow more intelligent and our relationships can be stronger. So what Paul's telling you is, is really he, by nature, is a connector and networker and he's received the greatest news ever that he can't wait to share with everyone. And so I thought today, you know, is, is that really true? Can you look at our country and our society and our culture and our cities right now? And is it true that we're still connectors and, and networkers? And then I thought, yeah. You guys ever heard of like social media? You ever heard of Yelp? Yelp is like one of the greatest things ever. Because I don't know about you, when I go to a place that I really like to eat, I want to tell my family and friends, you have to go there. They have the best coffee. Or they have to best blank, whatever it is. And I want to tell them. Well, then social media has started and things like the Internet and things like Yelp. And you can connect to somebody who you never know. And they're telling you something great about this place that you need to go. And Facebook and Twitter and all these things. And in the workplace, you've got LinkedIn. There's a sense in which we're always networking. We're always connecting. And we're doing so at a, a huger level than we ever have now. Is it as personal? I don't know. It's so easy, but sometimes it's not as face-to-face. -face, but we love that stuff because it connects us to ideas. It connects us to people. And in my own life, I realize that's true. I, I want to tell people about, like, important news. Right? 
Think about the last thing that you couldn't wait to share with somebody. You know, you, you just, you, you figured something out or you downloaded this app or you went to this place and you're thinking, this is amazing. I, I can't wait to share it. This past year, I won some soccer tickets and I just had to, it was like Honda was offering this deal and I had to take a picture with my Honda van key. Sorry, that uh, Honda van key. That's why it fits right there. And I just had to tweet this picture of me with my key. I was like, well, why not? And then two minutes later, they responded and said, you won. The easiest competition ever. And I won soccer tickets. You know what I started to do? I started to tell people. Text my wife. I said, man, just won tickets. Took a picture of the key. Telling my coworkers. And it was good news. Right? And anytime you get anything free, usually isn't that the best news? You want to share it as long as that won't limit your chance to get more free stuff. You know, I know how that works, right? That's good news. We want to share it with people. And what Paul is saying is he has received the best news ever. The fact that Jesus came to save people from their sin. And his life is all about sharing that with others. The greatest news ever. But what's interesting is I don't think many of us today would go around saying like, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. In fact, have you ever said woe to me ever? (laughs) Probably not. But he's saying like my, my life is not what it should be unless I do this. And I thought of some things that really weigh on people today. And it's a lot of times it's not. This ending to preach the gospel. It's like, woe to me if I don't. And we kind of fill in our blank. We think my life will not be complete until. What are some of those things? I was thinking to myself, like, what are some of the things that people would say today? Woe to me if I don't get to blank. For some people, if if I don't get to be in this relationship, if I don't get to have this level of success. If I don't get to see this or experience this before I die. Woe to me. My life will not be complete unless this happens. And we all have those things. We all have those things that we really don't think it's a complete life unless you get to do it. And that may be low bar. That may be high bar. But this is very interesting. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. I was thinking about that today as well. In our context, in our context today, one of the worst things that anyone could say is you're preachy. Right? That person is kind of preachy. What does that what does that mean? It usually means they have a lot of ideas that they're telling you about and you don't want to hear it. Or they're overly religious. Or they talk about Jesus a lot. And they bring him into every situation. I think there's probably a common theme that none of us would want to be, hey, have you met Alex? Yeah, he's really preachy. Well, thank you. Thanks. Right? That's usually not something that we want to be labeled as. So even that sense of proclaiming good news, we only want good news if it's not kind of maybe telling people they need to change or telling people that maybe they don't have all the answers. We don't really want to be labeled with that. But Paul's just saying that this is the life that I'm going to live. This is what I'm going to be all about. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that because sometimes when we talk about sharing what Christianity is all about to other people who aren't Christians. 
there's all sorts of barriers that go up in our minds. We don't want to be labeled preachy. We don't want to be seen as crazy, irrelevant. All of these things can, can happen. And they kind of can come into our head and they prevent us from really, you know, understanding God's role and his purpose for our lives here and now. And so this idea is, well, how do we get back to this idea of we're connector and, and we're a networker? And how does that connect to our faith? The fact that we actually want to share with people the difference that Jesus has made in our life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you've been investigating Christianity and you're trying to figure it out, you may have had in your head, why do Christians always want to tell people about their faith? And if you are a Christian, you may have thought to yourself, why do I have to tell people about my faith? And that's what we're going to look to answer today. Why is there this this sense of sharing your faith that exists in Christianity? Why, Why is that? And that's what we're going to talk about, because Paul really sets an example for us to follow. How to take something that he did a couple thousand years ago and actually make it relevant to our lives. Because that's actually what God has asked us to do. And so you're right. A big part of Christianity, and really the main part of Christianity, is sharing the difference that Jesus has made in your life. It is. You can't get around it. But what I hope to do today is look at the example of Paul and his instruction And kind of tear some of those misconceptions and maybe some of those fears that we have related to that. And so I want to kind of ask the question, why should we share the gospel? As a Christian, why should we share the good news about Jesus Christ? And I want to kind of walk through this. The first thing is, the gospel meets the real needs of people. And the reason I say the gospel is because the gospel reveals... Who Jesus Christ is. And as you connect to Jesus Christ, your actual needs can get met. And we're going to just look at some scriptures that that Paul himself wrote regarding this. And it's in this letter to 1 Corinthians, again, a church that he started. And Paul started many churches in the region in which he was in the first century. And as he started churches, he would help them and he'd help them figure out what it means to, to walk with God and how to follow Jesus in the culture in which they lived and lots of difficulty to try to do that. There was persecution, lots of pressures. And then as people got established, he would move on and he would start another church and he would do the same thing. And then he would start another church and you begin to see the spread. And we looked at that video last week. But what Paul continually did is he continued to talk and write letters to give more instruction. He, he loved these people because again, woe to him if he does not preach the gospel. He wanted to have, get People to the place where they understand Jesus' plan for their life. And so this letter, he's giving you the sense of why this is so important to share your faith. And I want to share this with you. 1 Corinthians 15. You'll see it up on the screen. It says, Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So what he's saying is, I've left you now, and I... I told you this truth about Jesus Christ. And I told you the truth that if you follow him and you decide to actually give your life over to him. And he becomes the boss of your life, you you will be saved. And he's describing here this process of you're you're saved. But as you walk with God over time, sin loses its power on your life. You can actually begin to make new decisions 
and your reflexes can change. And so he's, he's kind of giving this process of which you're being saved, that the fact that God and his ways are beginning to kind of become more of you. And less of your old way as a parent. And he's just reminding them, I've left. And now you're probably really feeling the heat of the decision that, that you've made. So he's just reminding them, the power is still there. God is still there. And then he goes on in verse 3, and he lays it on the line. For I deliver to you, as of first importance, what I also received. So what I'm telling you, I also believe myself. What I'm telling you, I've also decided to bank my life on. That's what he's saying. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He's saying, I I pointed you in the direction to save your life. And that direction is toward Jesus Christ. And the reason that's so important is because he is the one who came to die for our sins. But the grave did not conquer him. He rose again. And so he's pointing to the hope in Jesus Christ. And how that is the power to save us. And so the idea that it meets the real needs of people... It goes back to what we talked about last week. And that is why we need the grace of God. Grace is unmerited favor. Why would we need that? Well, when you dig into the scriptures and you observe your own life, you realize that we've all missed the mark. We have all sinned and gone our own way. We've all decided that we want to be boss. We have. All of us. And because of that, we're going our own way. And we want life to be at a certain level. We want things to come together, but we just, we come up short. And so what Paul is reminding them is the way I was saved is the same way that you're saved. And that's the way everyone will be saved. And it goes back to Jesus, what he did, his role and his purpose. So he's just reminding people sin has stained us. I don't know if you've ever eaten. Maybe you've dressed nice for like work or something. You've eaten at lunch and you have a stain. And there's different levels of people that can remove stains, like if you eat at lunch. I mean, there's some people that like, it's actually cleaner than a washing machine when they're done with it. I don't know how they do it. They've got the little, they got the little uh, Clorox pencil blotter outer. That's not the real name. But, you know, they have Clorox wipes and other people, you know, they, they dip the napkin in the ice water. And, you know, you're wondering, like, will you drink that? And I'm saying you're wondering because I always do that and I still drink it. But, uh, you know, they dip it in there and then it's always like, okay, like how much will the napkin rub off after it dries? Because you can't tell. And then, like, you know, do you go to the bathroom and you just get the paper towel and then you get a little soap? And then you go under the – you guys are – right? Like, am I the only one that does this? I mean, it depends on the stain. Sometimes it's like, you know, we're going to have to have a little shower in the bathroom. And you got to get a little hand soap. you got to get the, the suds going. you got to, and then you're underneath the, you know, people are walking in. You're like, hey, just, there's another hand dryer right here. I'm just drying off, right? we we got to remove the stain. But, you, you know, you, a lot of times you can still see it after it dries, and you're like, ah, oh, I didn't do a good job. And the thing about sin is that it's the stain that, that we can, sometimes we, we try to rub it, and we may try to get the soap, and we try to clean it, but you can't clean it. You, you can't get it off. It is on you. And you cannot get it off. It's permanent. But the only thing 
that can come and wash that stain of sin is Jesus Christ. And so it's at the core of our need. We need someone to take the stain of sin away. And the reason Paul gets to the point where he says, woe to me if I don't tell this to people, is because he knows that everyone wants to get rid of the stain. No one wants to keep going their own way and keep experiencing the same results. No one wants to keep experiencing the frustration of life. No one wants to keep just kind of running into the same problems and not having a solution. And so Paul's saying that this is the way that the stain of sin gets removed. And at the core, whether you admit it or not, that's what we all want. We all want a fresh start. We all want to be made clean. We all want to actually move forward in life knowing that we're on the path that God wants, from, wants for us. And so that's Paul's, Paul's, Paul's laying out. He's laying it out. So the first thing you should share is it actually meets the real needs of people. The second reason you should share is this, and you'll see it up on the PowerPoint. It says, God works through us despite our shortcomings. Now here's, here's the kicker on this. The reason we should share our faith and share the difference that Jesus has made is because God has told us to. We're his plan. Now, if you're a Christian, that's a little bit overwhelming. Because anytime God has purpose and he wants something to happen, and then he gets his finger and he goes, you. Me? You. Me? That's what you find. We're part of his plan. He has given us new life in him. And we've experienced Jesus Christ. That's what a Christian is. They've experienced Jesus Christ, that he is who he said he was. And he's changed our life. Now, we're not perfect and we still mess up. and We're still trying to figure out how to do this thing of walking with him, how to please him. But he wants us to be these test cases. We've experienced Jesus. And he wants us to tell people about that experience. And I say shortcomings because we are totally imperfect networkers and connectors of this message of Jesus Christ. We are. We mess up. And one of the things people always say about Christians is they're hypocrites. And the reason is that's actually true. Many Christians are hypocrites. Many Christians mess up. And we all do because we're still trying to walk with God in that power of sin. And we're trying to go God's way. Now, Jesus has saved us, but we still have to battle that. And what you find is, is Paul gives us even the example of how God used him despite some of his shortcomings. And he says this in 1 Corinthians, the same letter. You'll see it up on the screen. And when I came to you, brothers, or sorry, and I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Just stop right there real quick. This first part, verse 1, is saying, when I spoke to you, I, I really couldn't even clearly say everything I wanted to say. And I probably didn't give you the best speech that you ever heard. And it maybe gave you these great stories that you could understand. He's saying, like, I shared with you about Jesus, but... It wasn't this great presentation. 
And at the time, they lived in this Greco-Roman empire where as people shared, it was like this, this theatrical experience. And they gathered the crowds by all the, the words that they said, and they just flowed, and people were, wow, listen to just his speech. And what Paul's saying is, my speech wasn't that great. And he goes, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So he's basically saying, like, I wanted the message to be clear. And I wanted the message to make sense. But ultimately, I wanted you in the midst of it to not think that I'm great, but that there's something to this Jesus who I'm talking about. So Paul, who had such an influence on the spread of Christianity, is letting us into his world that it wasn't all about him and his presentation. He didn't have it all together. And then he describes it further in verse 3. And he says, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. So he's saying, as I was explaining who Jesus was to people, I was freaked out. Why do you know that? Because he's trembling. Have you ever been nervous and you just, you get kind of maybe having a little interview and you start looking at your hand. Oh, I'm going to put that under the table. Right? That's what he's saying. I was sharing something that's so compelling. So important. I'm giving my life to it, but at the same time, I was full of fear. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. There's a common phrase now, I don't know if you heard it, but it's like the mic drop. Have you heard of that phrase? You drop the mic. Anyone? Okay. Drop the mic. It's like you say something, like comes from like comic, you know, comedians. They say something and just everyone gets cracked, you know, cracking up and they just drop the mic and walk off. It's like, instead of bowing, like old school, you bow, thank you. Now you just, and you just wheel. <laughs> it just doesn't work, right? You just drop the mic like, Yes! You heard what you needed to hear, hear, hear. That's when you pick the mic back up. Sorry. Sorry, guys. I, that didn't make any sense. But he's just saying like that. There was no mic drop here. All I could share was just the difference that Jesus made in my life. And it wasn't even like words of wisdom. Like, you like that's wow. I, he's so intelligent. He's just saying, I... Just the spirit of power, like, I just wanted God to shine through me. And so Paul's saying, we all can come to these points where we feel like we can't share. Because of weakness, because of fear. Because we maybe not lack the wisdom that, or we don't have the wisdom that we think we should have. He's saying all this. All this in our minds prevent us from sharing. And what Paul's saying is that's the very thing that gives you power to share. And we're going to talk about this in a couple weeks. Because the more weaknesses you have, the more that God uses you. Because the more you have it together, the less you rely on God. And so Paul's saying, I just, I have to rely on God. I'm compelled to share the difference that Jesus has made in me. And therefore, despite the things I'm nervous about, despite the things that I think people will think about me, I, I have to do it. Because I'm compelled to. And this is why God made us networkers and connectors. It wasn't just so we could share interesting information. 
It was he knew that his plan to spread Christianity was going to be through people. And so he made something in us where we actually want to tell people about things. But for the Christian, you have to shift your perspective. So the thing that you want to share the most is Jesus Christ. That's it. And so I want to just turn the corner because as you look at the fact that God wants to use us in this plan, it can be overwhelming. And fear and trembling may not even describe all the things that you're thinking, well, how does that work? What am I going to do? And so I just want to talk a little bit about God's part and our part in that process. Because what you find is it is actually God's plan to save people. He loves people. He loved us and he made us. And he sent Jesus to save us. That is why he loves us. So he does the heavy lifting. When you look at sharing your faith and the spread of Christianity, God is the power. He is the one that's doing the heavy lifting. So this thing changes people. And so I just want to kind of go through this quickly. God's role. So as you're thinking, well, how do I get somebody to change? You actually, you, you can't. So here's God's role in the process. God's role is to draw people to him. That's what God does. John six forty four. No one came to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. So you can't convince people that they need Jesus. God does that. God draws them. Another thing that God does, he convicts people of their sin and the need for his forgiveness. Sometimes it's very easy to want to tell people, no, really, you, you are a sinner. Trust me. And when you look at all the things in people and we think, if just they could see how they're messed up. If they could just see how they don't have it all together. Well, actually, you don't really have good relationships if that's your role in other people's life. You can't change people. That's God's role. He tells people. He shows them. That they need help. And he is the one that convicts of their sin. That's God's role. John 16, 8. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He does that. That's a lot of heavy lifting. Then the third part, God's role, is he saves people from the penalty of sin and he changes them. Again, that's what Paul is pointing to. It's not my own power. It's not anyone's own power. It's God's power. And his role is to save people. And he changes them over time. So when you look at it, you really think, well, that seems like the very thing that people need. And that's right. People need to be drawn to God, and he does that. People need to realize they messed up and they are sinners, and he does that. And people need to be saved and they need to change. You know what? He does that too. God is the one that is drawing people to himself and he's changing them. That's his role. And so what's our role? I want to just look at three things. The first thing is he's given Christians the job to pray for people. That's our role. We pray. We pray that God will do those things in the lives of others. We pray for people we care about. We pray for people we love. But specifically in this area, we pray that people will come to know him. That they'll turn their life over to him. 
And so our job is to pray. We ask God for help. The second is we have a role to love and serve people. Most people, maybe in kind of their lives, they're trying to kind of process why things are turning out the way they are. And maybe why are things so difficult? And what they need is somebody that can just meet them where they are and love them. And that's what God uses in his people. They interact with a Christian and they love them in a way that they see something bigger than that person. And God, God uses that. And then the last thing is to, to actually share. And this is what Paul's talking about specifically. And he prayed. You see that as in, in his writings in the New Testament. And he loved and served people. You see that as well. But preaching the gospel is really this idea of he, he was committed to sharing. And to share can be in different forms. And it can look differently. But ultimately, the goal is to share the good news. How somebody who is stained with sin can allow the stain to be removed. The good news of how somebody can be saved. That's what he's talking about. But in the process of sharing, sometimes you just have to share that you're a Christ follower. And that may be where you are. Because you may be in a workplace and no one knows you're a Christian. And you're trying to think to yourself, how can I share the difference Jesus makes in my life when they don't even know I follow Jesus? You may have to share that you actually do. That could be part of sharing. Part of the sharing could be you may just share the difference that Jesus has made in your life. Somebody asks you a question and, well, why did you decide to do that? Or why did you decide to move there? Or why did you decide not to do that? Why did you transition? Why did you change? You know, as they talk through that, you have a point in which you say, well, I, there's only one reason I can really tell you. And that's I decided to follow Jesus. And that made a big difference in my life. In fact, it really changed my priorities. And you share that with them. And then last, there's just opportunities to share how somebody can be saved. And that's the gospel. That's the power. And sometimes it comes in forms of, well, what makes your life so different? And you have to decide, well, I actually decided to follow Jesus. And I could explain what that looks like if you have a couple minutes. And as you share how to become a Christian and how to turn your life over to Jesus Christ, God begins his work. So as we share, that's when you begin to see him. And even before that, God is working in the lives of people. And that's what's so amazing about God. You don't know what he's doing in the people around. You don't. You just don't know. And so when you do your role, to pray, to love and serve, and to share, you begin to see what God is doing behind the scenes. In closing, I, I want to just kind of take this to a practical level. There's a passage in Colossians 4. And I'm going to read this, and it says this. Continue steadfastly in prayer. There's the prayer. Being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. On account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer 
each person. This is the picture of if we have a role to play, we always have to look for opportunities to do that. And he's saying walk in wisdom toward outsiders. He's talking about walk in wisdom. Be thoughtful about how you live in front of people that don't know Jesus Christ. Look for the opportunities that God is doing in that person. And so I just want to give you guys just a a way to practically begin to consider this. Now, if you're not a Christian and you're investigating Christianity and you've maybe heard about what it means to follow Jesus a long time and you just you haven't decided that you're ready to do that and you're you're still welcome at, at church in the valley in fact we want to still continue to help you as you take the time to investigate and so as we're talking about this this isn't for you to do you're you're still just deciding that for yourself and you need to do that if you are a Christian we want to just give you a step that you can take today in in terms of how do I take this if this is true and I am a part of helping people come to know Jesus Christ, then, then what, what can I do? And so I, I'd like to invite you to open your program. And there should be a little business card. Now, the great thing about a little business card is that you can take it with you. The not great thing about a little business card is that when you walk in and it's handed to you, they fly all over the place. And so if you look and you feel like you lost today because you did not get a little business card, it probably ended up on the floor or outside. And so there's a table right here on the right that has those little business cards. They're little invest and invite cards. We're going to be using these kind of over time here at Church in the Valley for us to really think through investing and inviting people to Church in the Valley. And we all have people that we're relating to at work, in our neighborhoods, in our family, in our friendship circles. And this is just really an understanding and kind of a commitment that I'm going to pray And I'm going to look to love and serve, and I'm going to look to share with these people. And that's how you invest. The inviting is, I'm going to look to invite them to church. Invite them to events that we do. Invite them to bring them around this community that God has put together here at Church in the Valley. And so you'll see that there's three three names on there. You may not have any names yet of people that you can invest and invite in, and that's fine. Pray for one name. Somebody that you could meet that you could begin to do that with. You may have more than three names and you may need to get multiple cards. That's fine too. Wherever you are, you can decide today, if you're a Christ follower, to actually make this the core of what your life can be about. And it's just investing, connecting and networking with people, praying for them, looking for opportunities to love them, and sharing with them. And as you begin to do that, and you pray for those opportunities, God begins to work. And so I want to encourage you, we, we have our family Christmas service coming up in December, on December 20th, I believe. And that's a real opportunity as we do this event. It's really to invite people to. At Christmas, people are kind of wanting to go to church and they're, they're wanting to be with people and kind of be in festivities. And I just want to invite you to think through who's some people that you can begin to invest in and, and invite to that service. And you may want to invite them to church before that, but that's a real practical thing that you can begin to do right here and and right now. And so I encourage you, take that card, put it somewhere where you can see it, whether that's in your purse, your wallet, in your car, wherever that is, and then begin to think, are there some people that I can begin to invest in? And are there some people that I can begin to invite? And as you do that, 
Imagine if each of us did that and, and God began to work. What a difference that that would make. As people begin to see, wow, God, God seems to be getting my attention. And he's using these people and I'm seeing their lives and all of a sudden you see over time, God really moves people and he softens their heart. And so I just want to encourage you, take a card and, and fill that out and take that with you. And so I ask you to consider that. And I'm going to close in prayers as the band uh, comes up. And then we're going to sing uh, back to God and worship and then receive our offering. And you can drop uh, your completed connection card in there. Uh, and if you have any prayer requests on that card, we, we would love to pray for you this week. Let, let's pray. God, we do thank you for the opportunity to be a part of your kingdom expansion. And I thank you that you have made us networkers and connectors. And God, I pray that we will be compelled to share uh, the difference that you've made in our life and that you'll help us overcome fear or just any uh, misconceptions. At the same time, God, I pray if there's people here that are investigating following you and they've not yet decided to, God, I, I pray that you'll draw them to yourself they allow to see that they can experience change in you. And so, God, we know that you'll be faithful to do your part. And, God, we ask for your help as we do our part. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.